This is the Six Figure Creative Podcast, episode 162. Welcome to the Six Figure Creative Podcast, where our mission is to help you turn your creative passions into a stable, reliable income. If you're in audio, video, design, photography, or really any other creative field, and you just want to learn from other successful creatives, you're in the right place. Well, hey guys, Chris here. I'm doing a solo episode today because our internet went down, our backup internet went down, our backup backup, and our backup 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 all went down. So I'm here sitting alone with my dude, Ben Hartley, who, believe it or not, hosts a podcast called The Six Figure Photographer. Six Figure Photography. Yeah, I hate it's when the, people do that. It's just the lie. It's the lie. <laughs> Six Figure <laughs> Photography. So this is so weird, Ben, because you're here in Columbus. Yeah. And as Brian and I were doing research to have guests on the show, you know, we're rebranding and launching Six Figure Creative, and I'm obsessed with photography. And I was like, oh, we, we, we want to find business-minded photography people. And as we looked into that, it was like, oh, Holy crap, he's here in Columbus <laughs> with the same show as us, but for a different industry. We were the six-figure home studio originally. Now we're the six-figure creative. And what the crap? How are we not friends already? I know. This is cool. I love it, man. Uh, when you said that you were here, I was like, nah, that's not, that's not a thing. <laughs> well, that's what happened with, with me and my friend Andy, too. It's like we yeah. met, and he's doing a business podcast for creatives. And I didn't even know that. And yeah. when we first met and we started to realize like, holy crap, like there's not a whole lot of people in this like business, creative, yeah. freelancery niche. So we got a whole club going on here. It's awesome. Super weird. Well, Ben, dude, let's, let's dive in. Let's hear the story about your life. Like how did you get into, how did you get into art and then business and then podcasting. Man, okay, so art, let's go backwards all the way to the beginning. So for context to, to the listeners, I studied oil painting in college. Amazing. So professional oil painter. <laughs> it reminds me of like when you talk to someone and they get their major in like underwater basket weaving. It kind of feels like it when I'm like, my degree's in oil painting. Now <laughs> nice. technically it's like two-dimensional studies, but all I did in college was just like paint people. And so photography for me was, oh, here's that phrase again. Your audience is going to need to let me know. Photography was a means to an end. It wasn't about photography. It was about oil painting. I took photographs in order to make a painting. So I use those as references, right? So is it, does that mean it was a means to an end? I think so. Yeah. Photography was a means to an end. It was a tool. It was not the thing itself. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. So I studied light and composition and color theory and all this stuff within photography behind a lens, but for the end result to be uh, reference files for, for paintings, you know? Yeah. Well, fast forward, graduating in Ohio with that degree, like I'm like <laughs> looking around, who wants to buy oil paintings? And so listen, my father-in-law, he's got three daughters. I sold him exactly three paintings and then my <laughs> pipeline went dry. <laughs> so oh, I, I made good money on this too. <laughs> That's awesome. We talk about that so often on the podcast about how you, you aren't really running a business until you've sold to a stranger. Yeah. And people think like, oh yeah, I've got a business. Like, no, you're only selling to your friends. And when yeah. they run out, oh, yeah, exactly. you're screwed. Yeah. So my wife and I, we were in our first year of marriage and we're sitting there and we're looking at each other and we're just brainstorming at this point. Like, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to make money? <laughs> like, good for you, Ben. You're an oil painting mate. You know, like, how are we going to do this? And so it was actually Leslie. It's my wife, by the way. She, she created it. She like breathed it into existence. Like, and, huh. I, and, I, and I mean that literally. It's like she spoke it 
And then it was like, oh, she was like, Ben, you are decent at making things look good and you love people. Why not photography? Whoa. Why not wedding photography? You could like photograph people. You can make people look good. And, 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 uh, and then there it was, it was just like, okay, I, I'll, I'll go try that. Now I'm not, I'm not like, how do I put this? I, I think maybe at that stage, like being newly married, I was like, yeah, that sounds like a cool pipe dream. Mm. Let me go also get a job as a server at the same time. You know what I mean? So I did, I got a job as a server. I, I, I kind of like made a website saying I took pictures uh, I announced it to Facebook back then. It was like 2010. And, um, but at the same time, I also got an internship, or at least I applied to get an internship at a motion graphics studio. I'm um, doing like TV commercials, animation, video production. Is that, that here in stuff. Columbus? Uh, that was in Toledo. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah called Madhouse. Phenomenal studio. I highly nice. recommend your audience to check out Madhouse Creative. And, uh, and then I got all three. Like people started hiring me for photography. I started waiting tables and I got this internship. That's amazing. It's so fun for me. I'm like, think I'm like absorbing this as we're talking about it. And there's so many parallels to my own story and to Brian, my co-host story. And I'm fascinated that you, about the part that you were an oil painter and that that turned into photography. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people think, well, photography, it's mostly technology. No, it's not. Like it's, it's light. Do you see the colors and the contrast and the, the thing that's going to grab the eye? And can you, in your mind rotated around so you know where to stand to make it look dope. Yeah. And like, as, as you're talking, like the only thing I know about light is that Renoir lighting is when there's a shadow, like if, did I get that right? Rembrandt. Oh, come it, on. It's, a little, it's, a, it's a little <laughs> triangle on the cheek yeah. of light that just kind of like kisses the cheek, a little triangle of light. And then everything else is like shadow across that. I love that. So obviously I barely know what I'm talking about. I'm a student of this. I love it. Let me, let me pull myself back out of this uh, rabbit hole here. Yeah. Well, dude, let's, let's talk more about sales. Yeah. The S word. So you, you have built damn near identical behemoth of content to what Brian and I have in a separate industry. Hmm. And that is completely fascinating to me. I think, yeah. I think your podcast is bigger than ours. Your oh, community is bigger than ours for sure. And it's, it's fascinating to talk to other creatives that are business minded because they are so rare. Mm. It's so rare to meet someone like you that thinks about things in a different way instead of like, well, I'm just going to watch uh, the YouTube video and do exactly what they tell me. And they're going to normalize everything and I will never deviate from the normal. Yeah. You've deviated. So I'd love to talk about sales. What, what do you find with the, the, the photographers that you work with? What are some of the sacred cows that they're afraid to do well i think in particular creatives are we're really scared of sales it's yeah. like I, I don't know i think yeah creatives are um and maybe i'm just thinking about photographers but we've made up a lot of things we have a lot of stories running through our heads of what it means to sell and a lot of them aren't stories that we would like attached to our names or our identities ourselves and i think one of the biggest ones is that sales means having the right answers. Mm. And, and so because of that, we're, we're, we get really nervous going into any sort of sales dialogue, an email, a text, a phone call, a Zoom call in person, God forbid in person, <laughs> please don't look me in the eyes. You know, I was like, what's happening? We, we like psych ourselves out because what if they ask a question that I don't know the answer to? And how am I going to convince them that 
this project that I'm going to offer is, is worth this amount of money? What if they don't think it's worth that amount of money? There's a lot of fear wrapped around not having the right answers. Yeah. I love that, man. There is, there is something fascinating about when you are in a sales situation as a creative and you say, I will do X for you for Y. And, you know, say Y is $2,000. If the person says no, it's easy, I think, as a creative to be like, I'm not worth that much. That's not what it is. You're not worth that to them right now for that thing. That's not you. It's not your personality. It's not your inherent worth. It might just be like you have a, you're not what they're looking for. That doesn't mean that no one's looking for you. Man, sales is so funny in that regard. There's so much opportunity for growth Yeah, to just lean into like your, your fear, which incidentally I think has a big impact on you as a creative as you start to confront that fear and, you know, apply that as you take risks artistically. So I'm down a rabbit hole, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, really cool. I'm going to ask you just a really big question. Please. Talk to me about your entire sales philosophy. When you're talking to a photographer and you're teaching them about sales, yeah. give me the 10,000 foot picture. Well, there, I mean, there's a lot of ways that we could go with this. The first would be actually just to piggyback off of what I was saying about having the right answers, rather than having the right answers, the, the goal is to have the right questions, right? Because everyone feels like they need to prescribe something, they need to prescribe a solution, prescribe the value, convince, sell, more or less. But we need to diagnose first. Because not only do we not know what their problem is, but no one else knows what their problem is. <laughs> like, they think they know. Yeah. They don't know. They <laughs> and so we need to diagnose. We need to diagnose for our own sake, but we need to diagnose that way they understand what the value is too. And, and, that, and diagnosing, that diagnosing process is... It's a process of inquiry. It's just asking questions. Yeah. And it really changes the whole game when you just get to sit back and be like, I'm just going to go in this to learn. I'm going to ask some questions and uh, kick back and just discover what the answers are. That's sales, right? Mm. So to go even higher, we'll talk about sales from the, I'm, so I'm a huge believer in value-based pricing, right? And if you're not familiar with value-based pricing, there's a few different ways to go about pricing. You could price based off of, and this is what most creatives do is they, they price based off of the inputs that they're receiving or, mm. or like the, the inputs being the costs. It's a cost-based pricing, right? It's like, oh, so this uh, audio project, it's going to take me 10 hours to edit and I'm going to need to be on site for another two hours. That's going to be 12 hours of my time, $100 an hour, 1200 bucks. Make sense? Mm -hmm. So I've got the inputs, the time, 12 hours. I've got costs associated with that. I'm going to spit that into my little equation, times it by my hourly rate, and I'm going to say, hey, $1,200. Okay. Now, what if on the other end of that audio project that I'm going to deliver to you, when you go to like use that file that I give you, what if on the other end of that, you only seek to gain $500 you know, worth of value to your business? Are you going to hire me? Absolutely not. You're not. No, because you've just lost 700 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's like $700 of value, you know, like who knows what all the intrinsic value could be from that time and all that kind of stuff. So value-based pricing says before I ever give you a number, I'm going to spend time diagnosing. I'm going to spend time asking you questions so that way I can understand what is the end value for you to receive in your business from this project. Mm. And once I can understand that, I can price it. And once you can understand it, you can say yes to my offer. Because if, if we have a conversation and you understand that on the other end of this thing, there's $30,000 of value for your business. 
and I say, great, so this project is, is going to cost you 6,000 bucks. So you're going to pass up $24,000 right now for my six? I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, every time. So I'm oversimplifying it, right? And so that would be, so I believe in value-based pricing, which is a process of diagnosing. The other component that I would say is a high level sales conversation that I love to have, especially with photographers, and this is different for B to B to C instead of B to B. B to B, which is probably what you most of your listeners are in, is business to business, right? For me and my clients, where a lot of us are B to C. We're business to consumer. We're just selling to like couples getting married and people getting pictures of like their newborn babies and that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Before we get into the podcast today, let me tell you a little something crazy about myself. I'm actually a psychic and I'm gonna prove it to you. You and I, we've probably never met, but I bet I can describe your business better than you can. Here's what my crystal ball says. You probably have no idea how to get clients other than waiting around for referrals and word of mouth. You're stuck in a perpetual cycle of feast or famine. So you have wild income swings from month to month. You're charging way less than you should and you know it, but you don't do anything about it. You feel like you have a million things you could be doing in your business and you have no idea what you should be focusing on. And you have tons of little half-built bridges leading to nowhere because you've jumped from thing to thing to thing as a dabbler. Am I right? Does this sound eerily similar to you? That's because I've been in your shoes and I've worked with thousands of freelancers who've also been there. So I'm not a psychic. My crystal ball is not real. I just have a really clear understanding of what freelancers are facing today. And if I can predict your problems, you can bet I actually have a solution to these problems. It's called client acquisition. We talk about this all the time on the podcast, but for some reason, freelancers still haven't really figured this out yet. This is why I created Clients by Design Coaching. It's a truly unique coaching program that helps you build your own client acquisition machine so you can break out of this feast or famine cycle that most freelancers never escape. So here's how our approach is unique. First, we do a deep dive on your business, we figure out what's missing, and we give you a complete marketing roadmap right from the start. So no more dabbling, no more guesswork, just a clear path to getting more clients. You always know what your next step is because we actually assign specific tasks to you. So instead of feeling overwhelmed, instead of feeling scattered, you can just focus on your next step. That's it. We give you unlimited feedback on everything you do so you can feel confident that every single step you're taking is the right one. And we hold you accountable, not by nagging you, but just by genuinely supporting and cheering you on every step of the way. If you're behind on any steps we've assigned to you, we'll proactively reach out and see how we can help. Clients by Design is not a course. We look at it like a partnership. We'll always show up. We'll always give you what you need, but you have to be willing to put in the work. This program is not for everyone, and that is okay. As of right now, I just checked the numbers. We've only approved about 25% of the applicants we've gotten so far, and that's because we are selective. We only accept your application if we believe we can truly help you. So if you're ready to end your feast or famine cycle and build a client acquisition machine, you can apply for Clients by Design by going to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. That's the number six, figurecreative.com slash coach. Now here's our show. And it's a little bit of a different world when we're having this value conversation because with B2B, those metrics are really clear. There's monetary gain to be had, right? There's like market gains, there's profit, and there's also cost to be reduced. And that, that equates to like a tangible number of value, right? Yeah. Well, it's not just B2B or B2C. Yeah. We've got, you've got business to customer, could be service. Sure. Or it could be product. Yeah. And you and I are squarely most, I would imagine that most of the revenue for most photographers and for most mastering engineers that mix an engineer, most of the people listening to the show, it's the client that you perform a service for. Mm -hmm. That's even different than, you know, I'm going to sell 500 widgets. Sure. But dude, I, 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 I'm, I'm saying this and I'm like, Chris, shut up, shut up, shut up. He's killing it. He's killing it. So pretend I said nothing. Keep going. Oh, mercy. So, <laughs> so what I was getting at is a high level sales philosophy that I hold 
is that uh, with B2C, value is a little bit different because when you're talking to someone who's hiring you for photographs of mm. their dog or of their kid or of their wedding, they don't have profits to be gained and they don't have costs to be reduced like a business would have, right? Yeah. So it's like, it's intangible value. There's this intrinsic value. There's, there's a whole bunch of other problems that are getting solved that are a lot more complex actually. So whenever I'm coaching photographers, I always ask them, hey, Chris, sell to me right now. It's like, let's have a phone call and I want you to like offer your service. And, and they'll do these things where they'll say really great stuff. They'll be like, man, Ben. So when I go to photograph your wedding, let's say it's a wedding. Okay. When I go to photograph your wedding, like this is more than just photographs, right? Like I'm going to be by your side the entire day. And I, I just really value connecting with my clients to make sure that that connection comes through on the wedding, that you feel like you've got a friend by your side, not just a vendor. And when I deliver these photographs to you, I care a lot about print, that these are actually represented in like real physical form, that they don't just go to die online. And so you're going to receive an album with your wedding collection. This is going to be an heirloom for generations. This is going to be something that you're going to have on your wall that your kids will see. And these are a lot of the things that separate me from every other photographer. I've been photographing for 10 years. And these are a few of the places that have been featured. Cosmopolitan, New York Times, you know, Huffington Post, et cetera, et cetera. Right? So th- I'm just riffing right now. Now that sounded pretty good. Real damn good. Yeah, so, yeah, but, I was like, I need to get married. Man. But it's wrong. But it's wrong. This is the thing. It, we have to turn it on its head because that whole conversation, all I was trying to do was to convince you that I am worth it. My whole conversation right there was trying to convince you that, hey, I've got it, I've got chops, I'm worth it, I'm the photographer you wanna hire, I'm good enough to, for you to pay me $10,000, right? Mm. We need to understand that someone who's hiring you to photograph their wedding, why would they pay you $10,000 to create photographs of their family and their friends and of themselves? They would only pay you $10,000 if they first believe that they and their friends and their family are worth $10,000, not if they believe you are worth $10,000. So most photographers are spending all their sales calls convincing someone that they're worth it, like that I'm worth it as a photographer. When in all reality, what I do is I first have to create an understanding. I have to create an opening for them to see themselves and their friends and their family in a new perspective, in a new light, where they can actually come to the understanding that these people are worth $10,000 investing into, that I'm worth $10,000 investing into as a bride or a groom, that my relationship is worth that. Because if they can't first see that, they will never hire you for X. Does that make sense? I got trained as a transformational coach. Uh, so that's another side thing of me that I do. And I learned this when I was getting trained as a transformational coach because I did a role play with, with the person who trained me, with my coach. And he's like, Ben, all right, sell, sell transformational life coaching to me. And so I'm trying to convince him of all these things, the experiences. And he's like, dude, I won't. Why would I hire you as a life coach if I don't first believe that I'm worth the $500 you know, investment or whatever the number is, right? I love this. This so it's, that's a pretty high level thing that we just kind of hit on, but it changes the entire game. It changes every phone call, every interaction when I'm just trying to create an opening for you to see that you are worth it. So one of the reasons I like podcasting is that you get free coaching and <laughs> that, that to me was super helpful to re-embrace. Like I think I've been overly focused in my businesses on proving authority and being like, Oh, look, look at this. I got this. I did this. But 
as you're talking about this and I'm, I'm seeing it more from the standpoint of what you're saying, if you have to get them to value themselves, you have to get them to value their friends, their family, their, that the experience itself is that's the value that's important. They need to know what that's worth to them. And as I think about this, you know, when I got married in, in 06, we hired a, a photographer, I think it was $3,500 mm-hmm. and we were dirt poor. Yeah. And he shot black and white film, he did an awesome job. And it's funny, I was so bitter at the time. I got talked into spending that much money. You know, it was like way more than a month worth of, you know, sure. what we were making at the time. But now I look back and I'm like, that's like the best investment I've ever made. Yeah. And ooh, I'm getting emotional. But you're right. Like, I'm like, how did you do this? <laughs> I don't know. Why are you getting emotional? That's all good. I, let them talk. Those yeah. tears are trying to tell you something. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So you're right. And I, I think that we, that we as creative service providers often see ourselves as primarily technicians mm-hmm. and technicians pr- primarily see themselves as cost and overhead and time mm-hmm. and what you charge per hour. And they don't look at what they're actually selling, you know, the experience itself. A camera is such a, a perfect example of this because a camera is a piece of technology, but what a camera can do is insane. You know, to point at something and capture a moment that grabs people's hearts yeah. and impacts them and makes them like, I, I got emotional just now because I'm remembering a specific picture. And what's the, the photograph? Uh, it's a photograph of Allison walking out of the reception of her wedding and the reception hall was next to a family dollar and she's in her wedding dress and there's a family dollar in the background. And it's this weird juxtaposition of like, we did it, we're married. And I haven't really shared this in the podcast. Like my wife and I are not doing really well. This whole PTSD thing has made stuff very difficult in her marriage. And so I'm trying to navigate that and not talk about her on the podcast. But at the same time, this is so unbelievably relevant. Let me try to steer us back on course here. You were talking about sales. And I think what is so great about sales is that you're talking about flipping the true value of what you're doing on its head. It's not the technician thing that you do. It's not that you're better than anybody else. It's not that you have better gear. It's, it's your client making an investment. And that investment could be, and I want to make this video for my pizza shop so that more people will come buy pizza, or I want to remember the most important day of my life, my wedding. So there's a stupid saying in marketing. If you're, you know, let's say you're working for Outback Steakhouse, Mm -hmm. you don't sell the steak, you sell the sizzle. So you really want to like put a mic up on that steak when it comes out of the, off the burner. Because that's visceral. That creates an emotion. And there's a magic moment when you order a steak, when it comes out and the the presentation of the steak, my doctor, I'm a vegetarian, but my doctor told me yesterday, I, I need to start eating meat. Sure. So there's that. So he's like, just one steak a month. You'll be so much happier. Just please do that. But that moment, that's why you buy the steak. It's not like, well, it's, you know, Angus grass-fed beef, you know, 14. All of that is minusculely important to that emotional moment of when you get a steak, there is this moment of like, everything's great Hmm. when that steak hits the table. And gosh, man, I'm I'm like all verklempt here. I'm all emotional. So I'm all over the place, guys. But you talked about sales in regards to the true value. What are you doing? How are you? helping the person, not just like, well, you'd be a damn fool not to hire me because I'm real good. Yeah. Well, I mean, even going back to it, like rather than me even trying to tell them that their friends and family themselves are worth it, rather than me trying to convince them that, hey, you know, again, these are, 
these are moments that are going to be gone. You're not going to understand how valuable these are until it's the last thing that you have left. That's still me having the answer. That's still me saying it. There's a really fantastic business coach. His name's Jonathan Stark. And he says that if I say it, it's selling. If they say it, we're closing. Woo! And most people are just talking, right? They're, they're saying it. So going back to the inquiry part, the, the way that you get to this is, again, just by asking questions. And so one of my favorite questions is called the Dan Sullivan question. He's got a book. Don't read it. I'll just give you the answer. <laughs> it's fine. You can go read the book if you want. But Dan Sullivan, the Dan Sullivan question, I, I just call it the golden question, is where you cast a future worth having where they've experienced the product or service that you're going to offer. Mm. And, and so you, 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 you kind of paint a picture of what that would be like and then ask them what it is that they're experiencing in order to understand what they value. So like, again, let's go, I'll put this into actual real world example. So like for wedding photography, I might say, Chris, like I want you, I want to learn more about photography and what you care about, but I want to word it this way. So let's fast forward three years after the wedding. And it was perfect. Like it was exactly what you wanted to be, including the imperfection of it. Like all the things, it just like, it, it, is, it was perfect. And now it's, it's like a lazy Sunday and you're at home and you got nowhere to be and you're chilling on the couch and maybe you're on your phone and you notice, is it Allison? Mm-hmm. She picks up your wedding album. Again, you don't really care. You're just on your phone. You're doing your own thing. You're thinking about the next podcast or whatever. Um, but then you catch at the corner of her, your eye, like, like a, like a little sound, like a little murmur from her or something. So you, so you look over and she's smiling. And so you scoot over closer to her and you're, you're looking at these photographs together now. Have you ever been watching a movie where at some point in the film, you become self-aware that you're feeling what the character is feeling on the screen? Mm. Like you're like beaming or whatever it is. And you're like, why am I smiling so big? I've never smiled this big in my life because the character isn't. And so then you catch yourself feeling as you're looking at these photographs, right? Oh. So. So here's the question for you, Chris. Who do you see in this wedding album? And what are those people doing that is bringing you like this much joy? So that would be an example of the golden question. What I'm doing is I'm casting a future worth having. I'm allowing you to actually see what it's like to have had my service and my product to actually experience the result of it, like the joy of it, whatever emotions come up for you. Maybe it's laughter. Maybe it's, maybe it's, Maybe it isn't joy. I don't know, but I'm allowing you to actually feel that. And then you're, you get to tie it back to the people. Again, it's all about connections. Like who are the people and what do they do? Not what do the photographs look like? Are they bright and airy? Mm. Are they dark and moody? Are, are they photojournalistic? Or are they post? I'm not asking that. I'm saying who are the people in the photographs and mm. what are those people doing? And now you're going to give me answers to things that I would have never understood about what you actually value for me documenting your day. And it's going to create an opening for you as well, that you're going to start saying shit that you're like, holy, like I see my dad standing in the front door of our house and he smells like gasoline because he's been working on the car that we're going to drive from the church all morning. Mm. And he's got to get to the church in 15 minutes. And I know looking at him that he's going to be late. Maybe that's what you tell me you see, right? Damn, you're good. But, so, <laughs> but that's a, that, that is a moment in yeah. time that I would have never unpacked if I was like, so my style of photography is very photojournalistic. I value capturing moments because your family matters the most. And so tell me what kind of style of photography do you like? You're just going to give me bullshit 
jargon. You're going to say things like, I value, like, you know, I don't want things too posed. Yeah, yeah, whatever (laughs) it is. But it's all just going to be nothing. But now I've, I've given you a space, like a clearing for you to kind of see something in new perspective. And so, so maybe that would be a question I ask. And then another, one of my favorite questions, and maybe we can, we, you know, this could be a good place even to, we could begin to draw it in. But another question that I love to, to ask is, and this also, I, man, I can't remember if this came from Blair Enns or, or Jonathan Stark, but it's the inception question. Mm. It's my favorite one to ask. So the movie Inception is where you like get inside someone's head and you like can plant a dream within a dream. You can plant memories. And, and so I would, after we have, and I ask a number of questions, but after having this dialogue and I, and the clearing has been made, the space has been opened up for them to step in and to see like photography in a whole new light, different than maybe how they thought about it originally. Mm -hmm. I'll then just ask them, well, I'll try to talk them out of hiring me. I'll be like, what? So like, why are we talking? Like it's 2021 and everything is awesome. And you could probably find someone on Craigslist who would photograph your day for next to nothing because everyone's trying to be a photographer right now. Or you could even crowdsource the day from like your guests' cameras or their phones. So just out of curiosity, like I've been at this thing for 11 years and you know mm-hmm. that this is like a full service and this isn't cheap, you know? And now... Either A, they're going to say like, that's a good point, bye. But 9.99999 times out of 10, they're going to tell you exactly why they're about to hire you. They're mm. going to they're gonna say it. Remember, if I say it, it's selling. If they say it's closing. And they're going to say, Ben, because I value these moments too much to risk just having someone who's starting their business. I value these moments too much to whatever it is. Who knows what they'll tell you? And then at the end, I'll just be like, okay. Dude. I could keep talking for the next like four hours. Yes. And I appreciate you coming on. I think it was awesome. Thanks, man. Let's talk about what our audience can do for you. Yeah. What would, what would you, what would your ask for our audience be? Yeah. Well, being that they're podcast listeners, it only seems appropriate that they should probably, uh, and they might enjoy another podcast. So yeah. if, if you enjoy photography uh, and especially the business side of photography, I have a podcast called the six figure photography, <laughs> that why at the end, the six figure photography podcast. And so you can find that at Spotify, iTunes, you know, Stitcher, whatever you use for your podcasts. And then the only other space would be if you enjoy like a video a little bit more or a little bit more uh, off the cuff coaching i do free coaching in my mastermind group every tuesday wednesday and thursday at 3 p.m and so if if you'd like to join that community it's free there's seventeen thousand other creatives in it you can go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind uh, again it's free benhartley.com forward slash mastermind i show my face again three days a week and i just hop in there and i just share about what it is that i'm learning in my business uh that week and uh, it's a really great it's a really great space well to close us up my favorite movie, bar none, is Lawrence of Arabia. Mm, I'm, I'm, I need to see this. Bruh, it's amazing. Okay. It's one of the most precious gems in cinematography. Mm. And there's a, one of the best scenes ever is at the very beginning of the movie. I'm not going to even talk about it because I, I can't do it justice. But there's a scene at the beginning of the movie. When I first encountered you and saw your name, Ben Hartley, there's a scene where Lawrence says, Michael John Hartley, you're a philosopher. And every time I hear your name, I just hear that. And that's so appropriate today. You dropped some huge wisdom, wisdom bombs. So, Ben Hartley, you're a philosopher. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank you, Chris.